Welcome to the Christy Taylor Show. I'm your host, Christy Taylor. Super excited to have you here. And let me tell you, I have made a strong Canadian connection and I'm super excited to have yet another amazing guest all the way up near Toronto. And let me tell you about these dynamic duos. Woo! I'm super excited. 80 Empire, the dynamic 80 Empire consists of brothers Lucas and Adrian Rizzo. And I'm going to make sure I said that correctly. Of Canada, they are multi-platinum Universal Publishing Juno nominated singers, songwriters, and producers who thrive on their versatile and eclectic love of music and music production. Now, let me tell you, Lucas and Adrian are second-generation Italians who grew up near Toronto, who now reside in Niagara-on-the-Lake, where they headquartered their boutique indie label, Gladiator Records. Now, this year, now they've been in the game a long time, but this year, 80 Empire dropped their debut album, Legacy, which fused their love of hip-hop culture with their Italian roots by assembling a cast of incredible MCs from Yonkers, New York, to Bari, Italy. Now, this long-awaited album features some of the hip-hop's finest, including Fred the Godson, Conway the Machine, King Crooked, Bishop Lamont, Jadakiss, and many others. Now, this is a true testimony to 80 Empire's passion and dedication to keep the hip-hop they love well and alive. I want you to help me welcome to the Christy Taylor Show, Eddie Empire. What's up, Jenny? Hey, what's up, Christy? Wow, you know something? I'm super excited. Like I said, I have had an amazing connection with uh, Canada in this past year of doing the Christy Taylor Show. Now, previously, I did radio, but in the, the pandemic, the television show was birthed, and I have enjoyed being able to interview people all around the country and in Canada, and to now have you, Dynamic Duo, the 80 Empire here. Wow. Now, Lucas and Adrian, wow. We had a earlier booking. We're going to get into your musical history, but we actually had an earlier booking. We, we had to reschedule because I'm going to let Adrian tell the story. Yeah. Well, Christy, first of all, thank you for having us on the show. It really is. We, we, we don't say this lightly. It is an honor when anybody wants to share their platform with us and, and to allow us on their platform. So thank you for that. But yeah, COVID is real. I know there's a lot of people out there who, you know, conspiracy theorists and people don't think they have to wear a mask and they think they're in the best health, you know, other than maybe be, me being, you know, maybe 20 pounds, 30 pounds overweight, which we all can get to that point. Mm -hmm. I, I was in good health and we all got COVID, the whole family, Luke, his family, wife and kids, my parents. My parents got it. But um, everybody either were asymptomatic, showed no symptoms, or like my brother, my mom, my, my sister-in-law, Moy, were sick for about a week. When they started getting better, my health started deteriorating. And then, you know, a couple of days after that, once we all knew that we, we went and got tested and it, we were positive, um, I was in the hospital for three weeks. The battle of my life was the scariest thing I've ever been through. Um, I'm still, you know, recovering. The doctor said until I'm like fully recovered and 100% myself, it'll be probably a good six months. But Thank God I made it through the storm. And uh, I'll have to say, like, really, like the strength of family. My brother was my coach. Thank God I've got such an incredible support system. My kids, my wife, my parents. Um, but the music also got me through, like listening to music, listening to unreleased projects in the hospital. And many days, like, I, I won't be shy to admit it, like, many days I just broke down crying and said, like, we have a record called Keep the Faith with Swifty McVeigh. This will be our sophomore album with Swifty. And we have a record, Keep the Faith. And I'm 
sit and listening to this music and I'm like, some of the songs we already did, it's almost as if like we knew we, I was going to get sick because some of the stuff that I, I sang six months ago, it's like uncanny that it, it just, it's so in the moment of what I'm going through, what I was going through in the hospital. So anyway, thank God I made it through the storm, but yes. it is real. People get vaccinated, put on your mask because it literally can save someone's life. It, it really can. Yeah. Thank you so much for your testimony. And we praise the almighty that you, you have made it through to this side and you are going to be in divine health and this side. I appreciate that story. Now, of course, we got to get to the music. As you say, even some of the music that you were listening to that you all, okay, let me kind of back it up. Now, I'm a music lover. Actually, before media, I too used to sing. So I have a strong appreciation for the music process. And your musical journey begins when? Have you all always, you know, had an affinity for music or is it something that came later in life? No, we, we always had a love for music. Our parents, you know, being um, of Italian uh, background, um, we, we grew up, but we grew up listening to black music, funk music, soul music. I mean, your t-shirt shows it right there. I mean, I don't wear a t-shirt like this because I think it's cool. I wear a t-shirt because I'm, you know, Marvin Gaye, Marvin one Gaye is one of our favorites. Yeah. And what Marvin Gaye was talking about in the 60s and the 70s is, that, is, is relevant today yes. all these years later. And, and unfortunately, not much has changed. That's right. the sad part of what he, he was talking about. The likes of, of Marvin Gaye or James Brown, you know. Um, but we grew up listening to to that music, this, you know, this amazing music that was birthed from Stax Records. In Memphis. I you know, these IT and the MGs. Yeah, Otis Redding. And you these know. are the records that... You know, on top of listening to classical music, my parents loved the opera and classical music. But but primarily African-American music is what really captivated my brother and I because that was our parents' favorite music. Like my mom back in the 60s, a little Italian girl, like my mom was both parents born in Italy. But my mom came to Canada when she was super small, like, like six months old. Yeah. So she has no recollection of Italy. Uh, but my mom, as a teenager, used to walk around an Italian neighborhood, St. Clair and Dufferin in Toronto, go and say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. <laughs> Her older brother, our Uncle Frank, used to play in a soul band and played wow. all down and Wilson Pickett. So, you know, the, the, um, African-American music and culture has had a profound influence on us. Like growing up as kids, we didn't have white artists on the wall. Like all of our heroes were black. All wow. of our faces were of... Uh, of rappers and 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 R and B singers, all the records and cassette tapes and music our parents brought home primarily ninety five ninety nine percent. So for yeah, us, it's just we have a, a very um, deep affinity and connection and love for, for black culture, black African American culture. I love it. I love it. You know something? It, it's amazing sometimes because. Um, as African-American or black, you know, because black with a capital B, you know, because now we're in a very interesting time of identification in this country to know that how impactful our music has been. And of course, since you all are, you know, students of the music, you also know is students of the pain that is associated yeah. with the birth of a lot of our music. Um, so to understand the global impact that our music has had you know, coming from all the different injustices that this country has um, put upon our ancestors and even to this day, 
is really amazing to me. I have to say that. I just want to make sure that I, I pause and say that. And particularly like the fact you have an, a, a strong affinity for Stax music, Memphis music, which to this day still has a thickness to it. There's an energy in this city. Oh, yeah. and I've lived other places. And I tell a lot of people when I come home, I'm like, Memphis, it has a certain magic to it that is really still a combination of the gr the grit and the grind of America and black culture. So if you ever want to come to a place where you can still feel that, like you I'd can actually feel it, I say come to Memphis. Come yeah. to Memphis. It's amazing. It's funny. We, just two days ago, we were listening to uh, Sam and Dave. Yeah, and Booker wow. T. Uh, if uh, you, I can't oh, sing yeah. it like you can. But Booker T. But if something's I, I, wrong with my baby, I mean, uh, Booker <laughs> T. and the MGs, you know, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it really is like what you were saying. Really, like black, the black struggle, and you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, the pain and struggle. But out of that struggle, really, again, like you said, the world has to have so should have so much gratitude. For like for like there'd be no rock and roll if there wasn't blues. No. Where did blues come from? Yeah. It came from it came from slavery, the plantations. And yeah. then later made it. But, where, but where, did, where did the guitar come from? It came from Africa. Yes. And, they brought, and and they made the guitars and, yeah. out of broomsticks and strings on these plantations because they needed something an escape. An escape from this awful reality. I mean, I'm gonna so people, you know I'm, I'm gonna oh, sorry, sorry, I'm gonna sound like some university professor or but like even people could argue if you really want to argue the fact that a lot of the um, songs um, um, that were, were sung on the plantations to direct people through the Underground Railroad to get to freedom. A lot mm -hmm. of people, like, a lot of those songs in a way were like the first rap songs because they, they were they were codes. You know, like wait in the water, like wait in the water. You're going to wait in the water because if you go in the water, the hound dogs, the overseers, dogs are not going to pick up the scent once people wade in the water. You know what I mean? So it's like it's all code, like just the way like hip hop is code where like, you know, people who don't understand street culture might not understand mm -hmm. like what a certain thing means unless they've come from the streets or understand it. So the same thing, like it's it's really it birthed country music, too. You know, there wouldn't be country music if there wasn't black music, if there wasn't soul, gospel music. So yes. it's so many musics, you know. You know, Adrian, I love the fact that you did become the professor. So Professor Adrian, I like how you yeah. connected, you know, the the spirituals, the blues, and just the entire musical uh, graduation to hip hop, which of course is also birthed out of jazz and bebop, Absolutely, and yeah. the the lyrics though, the poetry, the griot, and the cold speaking. So let's yeah. run it up to uh, you want to go to the seventies when the birth of or the eighties. What do y'all want to jump in when it comes to the, when hip hop? Yeah, the scene. I think Luke, I'll let you, but I really, before you do, but you're right. Like the griots, even earlier, like African griots, like storytellers, because in Africa, Africa is more, uh, back then it was more of an oral tradition, Correct. you know, where, where oral storytellers in the griot. And then, you know, as he got older, then you pass down the oral tradition to the youngsters and then they carry it on. They become the griot of the village. So it really comes, goes all the way back to Africa. You know, which to me, I think is the birthplace of humanity. We all have African roots. Mm -hmm. I really do think, you know. It, it is true. It is true. And to that point, thereby, I'm always impressed by the impact of the music because I think, okay, without us going super deep, I mean, because I, I can go there, but for the yep. sake of this uh, conversation, 
I think music, just like numbers, is really a universal language. Yeah. So when you get in, of course, music in and of itself, dealing with scales, dealing with harmonies is a combination of sounds and numbers. Yeah. yeah. So to be able to put messaging to that, that number system and to sound to create is a movement in and of itself. And it's an expansion. You know, if we get into the science of all things and energy, it expands the universe. So That's with true. that being said, actually the formation of this particular sound, this particular genre of hip hop, where do you all come in on the history of it? And because you know, I'm loving the fact that y'all are some history buffs too. So I'm kind of fiending over here. <laughs> the official, you, you. Well, I mean, I think the official. I mean, the to me, the 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 official unofficial rap song to me, and I've talked about this with multiple people, even prof professors of music, actual professors, is James Brown. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. 1968. Because if you think about it, he's really rapping in that. Yeah, he's like some people say we have a lot of malice. Some pe people say we have a lot of nerve. But all we say saying is what we deserve, or something like what he says. Yeah, you know, he, he's rapping. He's really rapping that song. Mm -hmm. He's not singing it. It's yeah. a chant. He's chanting it and he's mm -hmm. fighting it. And it's like, and I love that about about mm -hmm. about what he did and how it kind of influenced hip hop because a lot of the you know the white world and the white scene said you would lose your crossover success and he said i don't care how can i how can i write love ballads and i think that's why when you get to like you know the marvin Gaye's of the world why the sound of motown changed was because when all this civil un unrest was going on and i think it can be you can Kind of have the same. Well, I, I the think same the black community just couldn't sit by and make love songs when there was so much this, civil unrest going on. This is what I'm saying. And then now you you, you can fast forward to 2020, 2021, yeah. and what's been going on. Yeah. But and why how rap is starting to change again for the better. Um. But what you say? You know, <laughs> Mo, Motown couldn't sing, baby, baby, I love. You know when all the civil unrest was going right. on. So James Brown hit a hit a hit a um um chord a chord and a nerve with people mm -hmm. where they were going, Marvin Gaye's of the world going, I, I can't talk about love with Tammy Terrell anymore. I can't do these songs anymore. I got to talk about what's really at root. And I think with, with music right now, hip hop, why I believe like we're from that where we appreciate new music and new sound and we kind of fuse the old and the new, but people want to hear stories again because because of all the civil unrest that's going on, You every rap song can't be about getting high off of like cough medicines and, and, and talking about stuff that makes that's, that's not reality when, you know, kids are getting shot on the street by police. Like you, you, you gotta, you, you know, not everything there has to be has, a happy medium. There has to be a happy medium, but we, we got to talk about what's going on. And I, and right? I, think, and I think like to like, to bring it back, like I think hip hop, if you want to get more like, because everybody could argue different things. I think like really in the seventies, you know, cool hurt, cool hurt, the he, New York bringing the, New, the Bronx, you know, and he was from Jamaica and like Jamaican culture too. Like the yes. deep, they chat on the record, like, you know, rewind, rewind, select and that, and like rewind. And they would take little, rhythm. little, little clips of, of, and the break beats. instrumentals, break beats of, of, of mm -hmm. other records and, and, you know, but, keep, but, it, and again, though, like hip hop, if you look at the official one, like they really call it hip hop, hip -hop. But they actually call it rapping. Um, 
you know, really, again, like out of the Bronx, if you look at what was going on in the Bronx in the 70s, you know, all these slumlords, like torching buildings and stuff. Yeah. You know, and like, so they could build the bridges. Yeah. And things. They were like, you know, the Bronx was a war zone, you know, but yeah. even out of disco, even out of disco came hip hop. Yeah. Like once disco had kind of its, its, once they had that, you know, which is very Nazi-esque, very Nazi-esque burning of the disco records in, where was it? Chicago, I think, in a stadium. They said, everyone bring their disco records and we're going to have a burning uh, uh, thing. And they literally burned like thousands of disco records. It was like, but that kind of killed disco right then. But yeah. then out of out of that, because disco was that four on the floor, it was monotonous. It kind of had that, you know, was, was originally funk music. Like James Brown was like four or five minutes of the same thing, but it was a groove that you just, you had, you were kind of pulled in with that bass and the syncopation of drum that's never been done before. Mm -hmm. You know, then all of a sudden hip hop took it to the next level where the the drum beats were just in your face and the bass yes. line was in your face, you know, and, and, and it's this, I think it's, you know, everybody said it was a fad, but no, hip hop, man, hip hop here for life, man. It ain't going <laughs> And I see you two are true lifers indeed. And I'm really loving the fact that you understand the music history and how it has fed this international phenomenon. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about your international influence and your award-winning um, career right after this. Happy to be here with my boys all the way from Canada, Eddie Empire. <laughs> Lucas and Adrian, I feel like we're family. I really do. I know. You know, should, and probably because should. of the music, it's because of the music, and it's because of the yeah. fact, like me and my brother, uh, and my older sister, we are like movie and music buffs. Like, we like to read the liner notes, we like to know the history, we like to see. How, you know, the, the mind mapping on how one person worked on an album and then they end up jumping on another project and then you start seeing how, you know, all those things. When it comes to you all's career, you all are very much like that. You are on a lot of liner notes. So in addition to being deep with the history of music, you all became architects of this sound in Canada. Can we talk about your career, how it started and just... You know, give me the highlight reels because you all have done some amazing things. Thank you. Yeah, I know it started, you know, again, when we were young and, and um, our parents were always very supportive of us uh, doing music. And it's funny, I always gravitated, you know, like keyboards. Like I remember as a kid listening to get up, get on up like James Brown and trying to learn that that little piano solo. And I was maybe, you know, my daughter's 11 right now. So I was probably my daughter's age sitting there trying to learn. But Adrian was listening to 
you know, well, the singing I, I, side I think of I it. I drove my mom, our parents nuts, especially mom, because I walk around the house, touch everything, and make a rap. But bad hack, <laughs> watching the TV, but never know, no, but no one agreed. Like I would just whatever, I, you know. And then after that, we just you know started with our cousin playing in the basement, then childhood friends, then we got union players. See, because we come from that live element, we never had a DJ. It was always Lucas making the beats. But back then, you know, with, with drums and keyboards. And then, yeah, it just morphed into to this. But, you know, a couple of things like we've done a lot of stuff for TV and things, too. So we co-produced and co-wrote the real the, the, um, the real song for the Real Housewives of Miami, you know. Wow. So we've done things like that to, um, you know, uh, to, you know, the charting on Billboard with music we did for Obi Trice. Obi Trice was signed to Eminem's label. He was one of the first signees on Shady Records. Um, yeah, done some other things for, you know, TV shows and things like that. And, you know, eventually it's, it's, it's led to what we're doing now. And we have an indie label gladiator and had a lot of young acts. And we just saw that, you know, it, it, you can't t teach someone to hustle, no matter how talented someone thinks they are. So my brother and I said, you know what, like, why are we investing in, in the youth? Let's invest in ourselves because at least we know, you know, when you bet on yourself, you know that you're, you know how hard you're going to work for yourself. I'm finding a quote that I put up on our Instagram. Um, hustle beats talent when talent doesn't hustle. Yeah. And, you know, no. and it doesn't matter your age, but yeah. we do live, but we do live in a, in an era. Again, it doesn't matter. I'm not, you know, millennial this or that. I'm not even using that term, but we do live in an age right now where people want success right away and they're not willing to put in the work you can't take the, you know you got to take the staircase to you success got, exactly you can't take the elevator yeah exactly mm -hmm. and it you know you have to master like master yourself as a producer you know master yourself as a singer where where yes the world relies on on the the um you know the melodines and the auto tunes to to give you that perfection when it comes to recording fine but master your voice so when you are performing live Yes. You sound like you're live because, <laughs> because if you're looking at it as a business, the yes. live portion is what's going to keep your career going because you can you can gig. But if you sound whack because right. you're going wrong, you don't sound like that at all. Well, That's then you don't have a career and you're performing and then all you do is put out records and, and find something else to do. And, you know, just posting a few things on Instagram doesn't mean all of a sudden you should be opening up for the for Usher or Ariana Grande. You got to hustle. And we were finding that you know we're putting our time our expertise and our energy and our resources and everything as gladiator into younger artists that are not willing to put that same amount of hustle so we finally said to ourselves you know what it's we're going to start focusing on 80 empire again mm -hmm. the resi brothers and putting out our own music and in the process bringing in you know artists that we've we've been fans of for years you know legends in hip-hop and r&b but then up-and-comers uh, that we're working like a current project we have coming out called Life After Life with a great rapper from San Diego called RX uh, from the Bay originally. Um, you know, and he's a young guy and he's uh, he works hard and hustles. So, you know, we want to work with people that are going to put the same amount of love and hustle into the into the music as we do, because then we know going forward, do we want to work with these people again or is it a one project deal and then off to the next? But we know as brothers that our hustle will never will never falter even through covid and my agent was in the hospital and and i'm sending them verses from legends like mc8 from compton you know west coast legend 
and and he's listening to it in the hospital. I'm hooked up with tubes, like with this, tubes and I'm stuff, like... and he's going and he sends me videos and WhatsApp of him jamming to it, and his leg was like swollen in here. That's but that's that's because the music is is more than just it's a business. It's a of course it's a business. It's our lifeline. It's our heartbeat, man. It's, it's our heartbeat. It's what, it's, the five heartbeats. It's a five heartbeat. What was that part? Is there a uh, is there a is heart, there a heart in the house tonight? Stay <laughs> I, you know, COVID has taken away, like, because I can sing high in the falsetto. I haven't yeah. gotten that back yet. I can sing like just, you know, like, well, like that's about as high as I can go. But I'm hoping as, you know, the next month goes by, I can get that high, high register back, you know, but it's, but, and if I don't, because of this, at least I'm still alive and I'll have to adapt. I'll have to then so get, get down to a baritone. Or like, it's okay. I'll, I'll <laughs> take over. You, you I'll go from over. Philip. You'll go from Philip Bailey to Barry White. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Lou Rawls. You'll never What a great song. Someone oh my told you, you the way I do. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, this is amazing. This is amazing how the international flair and part of your bio speaks to the fact that this album that you just released talking about, you know, you two brothers are going to be committed to the love and the hustle of music. And here it is, 2021. You've dropped your first album after decades in the game, and it's called Legacy. Okay, let's talk about the album. And you mentioned and spoke to your collaboration, but can we go ahead and drop some names? Because you all did, whoo, y'all did that thing. And I love it. I, I absolutely it. Nice vibe, nice energy. Thank you. Yeah, no, we, uh, you know, I think like Luke was saying, like we've got legends, um, uh, legends who've already paved the way on it, like Master Ace, um, you know, and then we've got like new legends like Conway the Machine, um, you know, like Conway the Machine from Buffalo right now. Buffalo is having a real, has, ha I don't even say it's having, it's already had, it's exploded, it's had a real Harlem renaissance, you know, just like Harlem back in the 30s when all these incredible black performers and not just like in the arts world, but in all aspects and sectors of life, uh, just an exploration of like, you know, like black culture. So the same thing has happened in Buffalo. We've been lucky to be, you know, to, to be able to kind of witness of it just because of our close proximity to the border and before COVID hanging out there and doing music with some of these cats. So we've got Conway the Machine, you know, BG Knockout, who was Easy es prodigy, uh, protege. And uh, really, we just wanted to make a body of work where it was a legacy. Like if the world, you know, if I don't want to be a, a fatalist, but if the world imploded tomorrow and somehow some like alien, you know, some alien nation, you know, came and like they picked up a phone and like there was one remnant of thing and our thing popped up. They heard the music. You know, I, 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 I think it would be a, a very um, accurate depiction of our musical up and I think the legacy that our parents passed on to us by g giving us such exposure to such rich music and concerts, I think all of that upbringing is kind of reflected in, in this project, you know, because there are soulful elements. Yeah, and I think what, what we wanted to do too is really curate an album where, you know, we have a song called um, Fit In and rest in peace, Fred the Godson, who, who passed away of COVID right in the, the beginning. And he is arguably one of the greatest, you know, underground. And he was just about to, I mean, everybody, know, Fred the Godson was your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Like he wrote, he wrote Fat Joe for the remix of uh, All the Way Up. He wrote, Fat Joe's, he wrote Fat Joe's 
remix. So like yeah. he wrote it. He's a, was also a ghostwriter. Fan, yeah, uh, uh, friend. But he, you know, he passed unfortunately, uh, very young of COVID. But um, we put that song out, fit in, and you know we have uh, you know a like a New York New York rapper like Fred. But then we have Bishop Lamont, who's a from from Carson, California. You know, a juggernaut, West Coast we'll juggernaut. Sign of Dr. Dre. Sign of Dr. Dre. Then we have uh, a colleague, an MC from Italy. He's well known in the underground scene. Um, you know, from this, so you know, rapping in Italian in our our dad's uh, dialect from Southern Italy, ba ba uh, from body, from body. And then we have a, a friend of ours from town. She's a folk singer. You know, kind of classic uh, acoustic guitar, Catherine. So really, just bridging all the. And then Laz, sorry, Laz, yeah, who's who's, a doctor, who's a doctor on the front lines of COVID, who's also an MC, who's uh, originally from Detroit. But now lives in uh, Las Vegas. But I think you mentioned it earlier, Christy, about like music really is the universal language. So yes. that's what we wanted to do. Yeah. We wanted to bridge gaps of you know rappers and enter artists, just artists. I don't want to say rappers, artists from different worlds, and put yes. them on tracks together and say, wow, like look at these different worlds have come together because everybody in their own like I think everybody has a legacy. We might not yes. see it because it's just. It hasn't happened on a world stage, but you know, someone could be Buster Buster Hump every day. Like our grandfather, you know, God rest his soul. He came from Italy, you know, was an incredible soccer player. Then World War II happened. He had to put that dream to the side and go, you know, he had to go you when you're a certain age, you have no choice. You're part of the army. And then after that, you come back, you get married, you have kids, you come to Canada, which not only is a cold place, but also the people were cold. You know, because especially when you were Italian and like the Italians encountered a lot of prejudice when they came, you know, by by Canadians, but like British, yeah. Scottish, Irish Canadians, because yeah. they didn't speak the same language. They had different food. Italians, you know, had the slick black hair and, you know, babies, they, they um, pierced the ears. They pierced the, the ears of like girls, like when they were super young. And that's not an English thing. Wow. So just like it was very foreign. You know, but like our grandfather had a legacy because the guy came here. You know, when people think of Italian culture, they think of mobsters. Our grandfather wasn't a mobster. He drove a delivery truck for a pastry shop and he drove a garbage truck. But through that, was able to buy a big house. Through that, was able to buy cars and like, you know, have two kids. And then that legacy, you know, has, has you know, domino affected to us and given us the hard work ethic. So, you know, we know our grandfather's legacy because... That guy would do anything to provide. He there was no he would, job. He would do any any yeah. job. To he was provide. not beneath any job or or or, yeah. or above any job. So, you know, I I think that's what legacy is all about. Like, it's about like the blue collar. It's blue. You know, whether you're white collar, or blue collar. I think you can relate to like the stories and the messaging and the music. You know, and that's what we kind of want to do. And I think yeah, and I think the legacy is like like. You know, the success is in the the. Um, execution the execution yes so you know we we had this this idea of what originally was a mixtape um and this was going back you know and a year before the pandemic so even 2000 late 2018 going into 2019 we had this idea of putting this album together and bringing all these you know whoever we could bringing uh to the table and you know we executed it so we are successful in that whether you know we're fortunate where we're over you know, two million, uh, two million streams on Spotify and on multiple platforms. You know, we're we're above that, and it's a success. 
um, on an indie level. And but even if it was only two thousand, that means two thousand people listened to it and appreciated it. So the we always say the execution. We say it to our our children. You know, whether you fail or not, the 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 success is in the execution. If you failed at it, try again. You're pushing yourself. But you know, don't. I always say this. I've always been that. I'd rather be the oh well person than the what if person. Ooh. You know, I'd rather go That's oh well. Word. Yeah, I say oh well. Yeah. You know what? Everybody says they want to put on an album and get artists, and they never do it. We did. Now, obviously, it's our livelihood, but we did it, and nobody could take away that that from us. So that's our le the legacy that that music now will forever be there. You know, for well, people well I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, a story will never be a quick story with the both of us. But when I was in the studio, when I, not the studio, when I was in the hospital, you know, I'm. It was late at night, and you know, you start getting when you're sick in a hospital and with COVID. Obviously, you can't have any visitors. So at night would be a real difficult time because I didn't sleep much. And so, and your legs, even still today, because of the blood clots that I've had all over my body, my legs really at night start to feel really unsettled and, and hurt. But obviously two months ago, it's 10 times worse. So I'm sitting with my legs elevated, kind of looking out the window because I had a nice view um, from the hospital and I'm listening to music and Colton was his name. I had this nurse for about a week um, at night, he was my nurse, uh, my night nurse for a week. And he's like, he comes and he goes, wait a minute, you like hip hop? Because, you know, my hair was longer. My dad cut my hair, but my hair was longer. So he figured because I had long hair that I liked rock music. <laughs> he goes, you listen to that stuff? I'm like, actually. And he was taught. I was listening to a Benny the Butcher song, another big artist from Buffalo who Griselda. we have a song with him, Griselda and the Black Soprano family. We have music on another project and we have another record we produced from him coming out on this other dude from Boston later this year. I don't know when they're putting out the record, but I'm listening to this. I'm like, actually, man, isn't it cool? And I'm like, actually, my brother and I have produced music for Benny. You know, this is the record. And then and then he goes, wait a minute, what's your name? Because he saw the phone, so I showed him the song. He goes, your, your guy's name is 80 Empire? He goes, I've heard your legacy song with Conway. So I'm like, wow. wow. I'm wow, sitting, that's deep. Yeah, like I, I'm sitting here ready to have, like listening to music to try to calm myself down before I have to like get in a bed and then, you know, they check your blood, they, they check your oxygen, all that jazz again. And it's like, it's a real grueling experience when you've never had health problems, you know, and yeah. you're dealing with all this. But it's unlike that, that like hour, that 40 minutes of having that convo with him and him realizing that he knew our uh, one of our tunes, it was like, uh, I forgot for a second that I was sick in the hospital. And wow. it was the power thing. of music, Adrian, yeah. the power of music. is Our music is healing. You know, yep. music is very healing. I mean, which goes back to um, even the full circle conversation of, of the impact of Black music globally, because we were using music to heal ourselves, to heal our psyches, our bodies, our spirits. And that's now true. you all are a part of that great tradition. And that's powerful. That is so, and even in your own personal life. You know, um, there's one song that, you know, of course, as you say, has to have balance when it comes to hip hop. And you do get a chance to talk about some money. <laughs> one of your tracks is money and it features Jada Kiss and some other amazing, can you all talk about that? Because that's like the first single that you drop. Uh, let's talk about the inspiration of all the songs, but particularly that one. Yeah, like we, we had the, the beat and and we you know it's funny we i even lately i've been going back 
to, you know, older drives and finding these amazing, you know, hooks or bridges that Adrian's done. So we'll do so much stuff and then forget about it. And then like years later, so we had had that hook for a while. No, the beat. You had the, the beat. beat. Not the hook. Not the hook. Yeah. So all of a sudden, Adrian just. Make money, money, make money, money, take money, money, take money, money, take money, money. Shout out to our friend Agrid, our Guyanese brother. He's actually went back to live in Guyana, um, was in Toronto for years. But we were just talking, and he brokered a deal like he to get Jadakiss on the record. He's like, You guys want to? I had, you know, Jadakiss, and we're like, Hell yeah. So he got Jadakiss, um, and then all the other, um, and then we have uh, Walino and his and his girlfriend Cheka from, from Southern Italy, and they're big, you know, they're they're hip hop artists. and the scene in Italy for hip hop is huge, and so, we know them personally. And then yeah. the other two guys, Tony Hooks and Genovese, uh, two Italian Americans, we know them personally as well. And then Genovese is like grew up; he's from Yonkers, so is Tony. And so Genovese grew up like, especially with Styles P from the Locks, um, and and so that's Jada Kiss's crew, the Locks, like Chic uh, Luch, right. Styles P. So it's like, and then Genovese is connected to those guys, so it's just like. You know, like it, it just again, like it just it's all this can it's like five degrees, six degrees separation. separation. Yeah, but it was fun, it was fun to just have that type of a fun track, a fun track like that, and just just you know, because there's a lot of serious and themes, and you know, like and, and so that that's just like make money, money, take money, money, like it's just a fun record. You yeah. know, another one of your songs, I gotta tell you guys, that I really was digging. Um, okay, of course, make money, money. That's the single, but uh, family love. I like that. That's fun with your kids. Um, that that's, was that's, we have uh, Adrian has, has two girls, and I have a son and a daughter, and that's all of them uh, doing that. That's them singing the whole oh, thing. Every time I hear it, I, I kind of tear up a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's again, you know, with the whole legacy. Like this is what we leave behind for our children. This is the music and. They when they get older and they have kids, they can they can hear that and go, yeah, we were we were a part yeah. of this. There's something there. We have a uh, an interlude called the D'Amico interlude, and that's yeah. our first cousin's son. So that's our our, our yeah. other nephew doing a right. He did that when he was 12. Now he's like 15. Um, and so we're like, hey man, we're gonna put it on. And I don't even think our cousin Danny, his father, believed it. We're like, no, we're men of our word. So when the album came out, we're like, yo. You guys better buy it and stream it and talk about it because we 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 got nephew on the on the album with Conway and all these and all these big rappers and stuff, you know. So, well, can let me tell you guys enough two more tracks that I really really love. I mean, I love the fact that you know your legacy, you're tying in family, of course. You know that's a big thing. And when it came to some of the other tracks that I was really digging, Forever Mood, and I think that was with uh, Doc Native. Doc Native. Yep. And I also was loving, uh, I think it's Devil's Roll Up. Yep. Devil's like Roll Up. Yep. Yeah, th that was cool. And one that really like kind of shook my soul was about to kill a black man. I was like, y'all going deep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We, you know, that, that one, you know, um, we, we felt that, uh, you know, being that we've, we've been allowed to, to um, be part of this amazing culture. Mm -hmm. of hip hop and the arts and you know lack of a better word black culture we felt that it, it we have always stood because of our parents but we've always stood on the on the side of what's right mm -hmm. and through you know what's good and what's bad and we couldn't put out music 
and put on an album and not talk about what was going on because it was something so while we were working on this album like, while we were working on the album and it and unfortunately with George Floyd it was nothing new and that's the sad part it's just everyone has phones now and every phone has a camera and, and the and way video. but i think the way it, because it was so graphic and it was almost happening and like that's in real what time. really inspired this song you know because um, it was happening in real time and it was you know what like maybe three months into covid so everyone was cooped up in their house everybody saw that and i think this time it affected people that usually will just go you know let's be honest there's a lot of people you know um and we want to keep a pg-13 there's a lot of people that when they see a young black man uh, you know, killed on TV, they'll probably go, well, maybe he deserved that. Or no one deserves to die because of their color. And that's just the sheer facts that, you know, young black men are accosted by the police. They're targeted. You know, Luke and I could be dressed like this with our black hats, black hood shirts, walk down the street, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, we get the white privilege because of our shade of skin. But our friends who are black dressed the same way that we're dressed, they're no. going to, they're going to be stopped by the cops and go, Hey, what are you doing in this neighborhood? Well, what do you mean I'm doing in this neighborhood? I live in this neighborhood, you know, or I work in this neighborhood. So really we thought how irresponsible it would be for us. We've been the recipients of black culture since kids, you know, and not to do a song that has something to do with what's going on. And we could only empathize as supporters and allies, but we really don't know the experience. We could see that we do, but we don't, we don't. I mean, you know, we had as kids, like, especially Lucas was called the N word because of, he, Lucas really dressed real real hip-hop more than i did like super baggy and the hats like that more so than i did you know i was the only grade eight in an italian neighborhood with air force ones wearing a red everlast tracksuit in a, a chicago and a chicago bulls bucket, bucket hat walking around like like <laughs> you were all in lucas you i was all in i was like you know but even then like it was obviously that was a form of bullying but it was you know but it was only that one snapshot a, a, it's yeah. not like living your whole day 24 hours in a day yeah. being a black man being go to the grocery store they're following you you go to the gas pump yeah. they think that you're going to leave without paying you know it's <laughs> a, and 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 white people don't think it's real it is real but again we wanted to do that song as allies and then we called you know friends of ours uh, artists from the states and go listen we have this song we yeah. would love for you to talk about your experience if you're down we understand if you are hesitant and it's this they were, they were like, emotional they're like no hell no before man. we could even finish they were like oh i got a lot of stories i don't think i think i might need more than 16 bars to tell my story you know more than 16 bars it's like i got bars for that i got bars yeah. you know and, and we, we wanted that we wanted everybody on the you know the three other artists on it shout out to all the guys you know about to talk about their story and you know our our partner with gladian and our manager will van zale shout out to will you know he's originally from swaziland and his beautiful young swaziland, son south africa south africa and his beautiful son and his wife you know and they experience this stuff every day even being up in canada it's not that it's uh you know when you cross the border you all of a sudden come into magical land and it's um that's you know, interesting. Yeah, Lucas, I had a chance. Yeah, I had a chance to speak with another gentleman who does a lot of hip hop in the area, and he just dropped a song about that because there was a, a rash of shootings in Toronto. Yeah. And you know, it's just an interesting um the global incubator that we're all in. And I think that even the pandemic really showed how small our world is and how we're really impacted 
by, you know, all the forces that are happening on the world. So yeah. uh, I'm grateful for you guys. This has been an amazing conversation and we already knew we were going to chat it up. We knew it. We knew yeah. it. <laughs> well, well, Will, like I said, Will said to us, Christy, you're a cousin now. You yeah, you're family now. I yeah. know. I got to come home. I got to come see yeah. you. You're a second cousin from Memphis. Yes. So y'all come this way and I'm going to come that way. No, but Will said to us once, he goes, man, he goes, you guys are Black Lives Matter before Black Lives Matter. So just, That's true. That's right? true. And, you know, again, it's uh, not to keep uh, hounding on it, but I had, you know, I, I don't know how many times you had to tell people until until Black Lives Matter, then all lives will matter. Very simple. Yeah. Yes, Very simple. Exactly. Very That's simple. It. Mm -hmm. One plus one equals two. Everybody, why are you making it all so so difficult? When Black Lives Matter, all you know, all lives will matter. And then we're good. We're good. It's like, but we're good. You wow. know, people don't see it that way, but we keep we keep fighting. And I, I I will say this to end that. I do believe though that this new generation yes. is a different mindset. And because of more people are aware of the history and are starting to realize that things need to end and yes. things need to stop and people need to apologize for their past. Well, we have, we have, I mean, there's sort of, no, no, no. in Canada, there's been a lot of news of them finding unmarked graves of young native kids, indigenous kids at yes. these residential schools that yes. back in the day, I mean, they've existed even in the States too. Um, but, you know, taking indigenous native kids away from their families and, in yeah. essence, the whole purpose of them was to take the native out of them and uh, whiteify them. Do you know what I mean? Colonialize them, cut their hair, lose their traditional languages, lose their traditional cultures. And out of that, the, the government, the Canadian government and the church, these kids were killed. They were raped. They were beaten. I mean, so all of these are Mark Graves. But the new generation, our uncle, our uncle Frank, who's been married many times, but his his is. He's young, he's, I don't want to say younger, is his wife now, his family now, because he's got a, a family of kids our age and, and then a family a with younger, younger family. kids. But his younger family, his son Jordan, is 16, did like a 14-minute like soliloquy on Instagram about the Canadian government and what they did in the church. And I'm like, thank God, like this kid isn't going into the 10th grade and he's or the 11th, 11th grade, grade now. And it's like, it, instead of just him doing silly TikTok videos, he's doing it this. It is so true. I mean, you know, I've been quite amazed at the return because something you all have even pointed to about your own commitment to putting out this legacy album, which was to um, go back to the, like the, the energy, the origin, the essence of hip hop and being able to speak to, as you said, whether it was the Underground Railroad or things happening in the streets, and now we're having to talk about, as artists who are empowered, to talk about things in our society. And yeah. to see this younger generation, I'm, I'm with you all. They, they're they yeah. not playing with none of us. <laughs> you know, as they call them, the Zoomers, you know, yeah. um, they are definitely to be guided. I think that, you know, and I, I'm a Gen N, I'm a Gen X, as they said, Gen Xer. Uh, that's 65 to 70 something. And what we have come to understand is that our stories are important. And yeah. I think you all mentioned that earlier, it's like no matter what your age is, you still have something to say. There's something we still need to add to the global conversation because what we're really talking about is humanity, is yeah. civility. It is about coming to elevating and transcending in our love for ourselves, yeah. our divinity, and to the divinity within another person. 
And if we can get that balanced, not so much right, but balanced, it's going to push humanity forward in its own evolution. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think so to go back to like to the black experience, I think it's also important in the school system, but also just in general that, you know, young black children need to hear their only story is not that they're descendants of slaves. They're descendants of African kings and queens who had very meticulous um you know, kingdoms and queendoms, the ancient Egypt. I mean, the Egyptians, when you watch movies, they, you know, they make the Egyptians look like Lucas and Ice Cup. Like, like guys that look like us are playing ancient Egyptians. Fact is, the ancient Egyptians were African. You know, yeah. Mali, the Mali Empire was a very successful and very successful empire in Western Africa, the country of Mali, for like a good, like, you know, five, six hundred plus years. And so these aspects of, of, you know, the roots of African heritage, like you mentioned the griots and stuff, you know, this is not taught. So then kids only think that their only experience is, but their roots are deep rooted in Africa, kingdoms, queens, like the rich history. You know, we're very proud of our Roman roots and the Roman empire, but kids need to know. I'm glad you said that too. I'm glad you brought that point out because I'm going to, um, just as a personal reveal, my brother is, you know, African-American. Okay. Well, we have some Cherokee and Choctaw in us too. Yeah. Uh, but my brother, he has Italian roots as well on his father's side. And part of the experience when, when I, I'm not going to so much say a melting pot because I, I'm more of a potpourri kind of person. I like yeah. to keep the, uh, the ingredients so you can smell the lavender along with the, yeah. lemon. you know what I'm saying? It all like eats well when, you know, but, um, I love the fact that in our conversations, and he's a history buff, he's one of the main ones, he's a little younger than me, but he has always, as yourselves, been uh, students of the music, students of history, and having respect for all all of our origins, because it really is getting back to where is our divinity, where is our humanity, and how can we respect how God decided to express him, her, and itself? Yeah, and yeah. as we celebrate that, we get a chance to have great music like y'all doing. Come on yeah. now. Yeah. We get a chance but, to have that, that whole Yonkers to Italy. No, is it Bari? Because I don't make sense. Yeah, 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 Bari, Italy, yeah. Well, Christy, I, I was going to say you were incorrect before about gen, your Gen X because I could swear you were straight out of college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. I love you forever, Kimfo. Kimfo, you <laughs> to make me feel good today. <laughs> But you know, I'm a proud Gen Xer. I'm a proud Gen Xer. And going back to, like you said, um, your, your, your younger generational, uh, you know, kinfolk who are definitely taking over TikTok. I have fallen in love with TikTok. Now, I'm kind of like low key on TikTok. I lay, you know, I pretty much, you know, watch it as a guilty pleasure. But there's I agree. Actually, I think we all do. Yeah, there's, there's actually a hashtag, hashtag Gen Xers. Uh, check it out. It's hilarious. It's okay, hilarious. Yeah. We have found and discovered TikTok, and we are clowning on that app. But uh, this has been amazing. This has been amazing. Okay, last thought, last song, last, as I said, one round. Okay, okay, I, okay. now you're going to see I don't drink a lot. Is it one more round? One more round, yeah. <laughs> okay, we got one more round. So what do, what do y'all want us to know? And how can we stay in the loop with all the amazing things you are? Y'all yeah. didn't really give me y'all resume, but that's okay. They can look it up on the internet. They yeah, can go no, to your website. Yeah, no, you, uh, go to gladiatorent.com and you can see everything that we've done. 
Um, our social media is uh, Instagram is our kind of our, our one that we use mostly as 80 Empire. Twitter is 80 Empire underscore 80 Empire on Facebook. Um, we got some some great new stuff coming out. We have Life After Life, the album coming August fourth. Yeah. Um, shout out to the young shout out RX. To our RX, and then we have our next album coming out called Anthems and Icons, coming out as a sophomore to uh, Legacy Part Two. And man, that one that if you you know if we thought Legacy about the records we already have for that. yeah, I'll give you a little taste of who's on the project. We got some some more West Coast giants: MC8, uh, Dub C, Corrupt. Uh, from the dog pound. From the dog pound, we got Graf from New York, Ooh. Ali Vegas, DMC from Run DMC, from the legendary DMC. We might even have a little uh, Clyde Walter Orange of the Commodores on there. Um, we also work with Clyde from the Commodores, so he's a personal friend of ours. And that that's for another time. Those stories yeah. of the Commodores are incredible, but that's that's for when we meet in person and we we. We sit around some good food and good. Listen, and, and I, I want to come to Memphis. I love barbecue, so I want to come to Memphis to to experience the culture. Once we feel a little bit more, like you know, right now for travel, I'm kind of in in one of those predicaments where I was two days shy of getting my vaccine, and then I got hit hard with a high fever, and then you know the whole yeah. story what I talked about. So I can't wait until I know when I can really Once get the vaccine is, yeah. and travel and. So we can go out and, and travel to places again, you know. Because yeah, I've been cooped up in my house like a lot, like a lion in a cage. You know something, uh, you know, healing to us all and travel the world. Uh, that is all of our ambition in the next twenty-four months. Twelve, oh, twenty-four months, ready to get out there and please come to Memphis. And I am in a family of musicians and music producers, both by blood and by music. So when I tell you, if you all ever come to Memphis, I'm going to show y'all the royal treatment. Y'all going to get the royal treatment. I'm telling you right oh, now. Oh, thank you. And listen, vice versa. Vice versa. We, we are you. surrounded by vineyards up here, and it's a it's a beautiful yeah, area. But so. with us, is what you see is what, what, you, what get. you get. We don't take ourselves What you see is what you get. Where's my where's my tambourine? Right. What? I listened to that in the hospital. And I walked around like, like it just that. What else got me through the day? I started a playlist in the hospital called OG Soul. Max Sabbath? Yeah. I, no, not Max Sabbath. I, I love Curtis Mayfield, but I love Freddie. Freddie's dead. Bum, bum, bum. You know, you know yeah. Freddie's dead. Uh, what else? Um, I mean, I've got the stylistics, the shy lights. I was listening to um, cru Cruising. Uh, but I, uh, what else? Stylistics are people make the world go round. But even like, a <laughs> people oh. say I'm the life of the party. Cause Ooh. I never knew what to oh. take a gun. Smokey, like, so I was actually, now that your voice is kind of, you got a bit of that smoke. Do that again. Yeah. So take a gun. Look at You know, I can't see, I can't do the falsetto yet. Like I would have go, whoa, whoa. See, I can't hit it. So that's one thing that COVID's done before. Like it's easy for me. It's to gonna hear. come back. It's gonna come back. Plus you're gonna, have, gotta, but you're gonna have that extra resonance now. It's gonna yeah, have yeah, that yeah. Extra shot of whiskey. Shot of whiskey yeah. will clear that up. Don't. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, music nerds like us, we can yeah. talk all day, and oh, I'm yeah. super excited that you all decided to share your amazingness with the Christy Taylor Show. I am extremely honored. Come back anytime. We'd love Thank to. You, we would love to. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for having us, truly.
Thank you so much. And to everybody watching today, thank you for watching the Christy Taylor Show. You can always watch the replays on YouTube and listen to the show on your favorite podcast. All right, let's give it up for Amy Empire. Oh, thank we got to get you in the studio. <laughs> yes, you do. On that note, hold on. We're going to chit chat after the show. <laughs>